Okay. Hey, hey. It's Lee Jackson, America's Finest Watchman, back with you again about collecting watches. Love to see you. Love to hear from you. Thank you. Uh, we are doing episode 110 in two parts today. So this is part number two, the second part. So let's get on with it. Let's get on with the show. So we were talking about Movado, and I was talking about the museum watch. That's what the dot came out in the late 40s and has become such a symbol. I remember it's in the Museum of Modern Art in New York City. It's such a symbol and people love it. It's so uh, clean and fresh. And I said, Movado was a very expensive watch company way, way back. They decided to go more mass market. So they're their uh, quality, I'm not going to say went down, but they're more mass market than they used to be. So, you know, people buy Movados for 200 bucks, 500 bucks, 800. In the old days, their stuff was quite expensive. Um, I used to have a triple date perpetual calendar Movado that was a big monster and solid gold with a really fantastic movement in it. Gorgeous watch. And I've had antique Movados that were really, really nice, really good quality too. So, you know, don't sell them short. They've had some really good stuff in their day. And their chronographs were really good too, going all the way back. Their chronographs were really sought after. Really good watch company. Okay, so what else can we talk about today? You want to talk about some other companies? Some interesting companies that make watches? And let's talk about, it just popped into my head, Ernest Borel. Ernest Borel is the watch company that has these dials that actually move. They have animated dials where they actually look like a, um, kind of like a spiral, you know, when they hypnotize somebody and moves around, kind of like that, except as it ticks, there's a disc inside that actually turns and it gives this, this kind of optical illusion that things are moving, even though it's kind of, but it, it's really an interesting watch. More ladies than men's. But they're collectible because they're animated. We're talking about 60s, 50s. Uh, into the 70s. Very decent company. Some interesting stuff. Kind of like a jump hour almost. I mean, we could talk about that kind of stuff for just a whole show. All these really wild novelty watches. I've talked about jump hours before. Uh, Ernest Burrell is a good company to collect if you want to get a few interesting pieces. Uh, I don't think they hold up long term because the discs are plastic inside. So you could have problems there years from now but they're not real expensive either they're fun i mean what the hell if you can't have fun what's the point what's the point i mean i love skin diver watches from the 60s that look like that my favorite watch from that period other than the ones i bought as a kid which i talked about on one of the podcasts which was a um sheffield which is crap it's a one one jewel movement real cockadoodle do but the ones that I, when I started collecting, I wore a lot were Zodiacs. And they have a watch called Seawolf. Not a big watch. So those of you that like big, big watches, you're kind of out of luck for older watches. There's a few brands that made big watches way back, but not that many. I mean, Zodiac had a few watches that were big back then, but the Seawolf was not. And I used to love wearing them. They ran and ran and ran. They were like a, like a Toyota or a Swiss Swiss watch. It just ran, ran, ran. And they were cool looking. And most today, those watches, the old Seawolves from the 60s, they're going for a lot of money these days. I used to pick them up for $100, $200. Now they're $500, $600. I see them. But it's a great little watch to wear for fun. 
They, they go and go and go. They're built like a tank. Another company similar to that is Mido or Mido, M-I-D-O. Their watches, they're called Multifort. And they had these uh, water-resistant watches. And they ran and ran and ran. You couldn't kill them with a hammer. The problem with Mido is there a lot of them are just ugly designs. They're weird looking, especially the 70s stuff. It's bizarre looking. It's not stuff that holds up well design-wise to wear today, even though they're great watches. So if you can find ones that look more generic, like you could wear today, they're great little watches. They're not expensive. Um, these companies all new have gone through the roof. I mean, Zodiac's new. They're expensive, 1000 bucks and up. Mito's a couple thousand and up. I mean, you used to buy the stuff for $100, $300 for nothing. For, as they used to say, a hat full of hay. And if you collect, they're fun watches to wear. And I told you last one of the times ago that I wore a lot of um, Glacine Airman. Love that watch. But that was a big watch because you were in the military. You wanted a big watch. They had a 24-hour dial. Love that watch. And it ran great. Um, Invicta has bought them. So I'm sure the quality has suffered from what it used to be. Um so you got to watch out. And when you look at ads, you can see stuff that says pre-Invicta days because Invicta now owns Glycine, which was a decent company, more of a military company than a dress company, even though they had some dress watches and they were okay, not as collectible. Their military stuff is. They got this combat sub and they got the airman. They got the airman in all different configurations. Now, in my day, it just had a black dial. It was a stainless steel watch with a bezel, and it was a really fun watch for me to wear. I loved wearing those on the weekends. And also, I like GMTs by Rolex for the weekend. Nobody In those days, nobody knew what a GMT was. Very few people owned them. It didn't look like a Saab. It was the same size, but different colors and stuff, so it looked different. And I used to wear those a lot. Another thing is if you're in a big city, and there's problems with people stealing, you know, ro gold Rolexes off your wrist. Maybe you want to think about a Rolex on a strap because you can take a present and put it on a strap. I've sold tons of them like that. And it's a great look and people won't know what you have. So you don't have to be as worried that they're going to see your watch. It's all a gold bracelet and a gold watch. They're going to want to hit you over the head and take it. So a lot of times I'll tell people, just take the band off. You can always put it on another time if you want to and put it on a strap. And people do not think of Rolexes without a metal band. It's very, now today, there's a lot more of them in my day than we're not. They started taking the Submariners and the, uh, and the President, and they put it on this molded rubber band that actually has a curved end so it fits right up to the watch. It doesn't, there's no gap between the band and the side of the watch. It fits right up to, it's a great look. Um, I've had some of those, they're really cool. The only problem is my skin doesn't like rubber. So after a while, it starts to irritate my skin. But that's just me. I love the look. I think it's great. If I could get away with it, I'd wear it. Okay, so we're going to go back to these um, jewelry companies. Let me get my list. Just give me a minute. I wasn't trying to run away, I promise. Okay, so we're talking about some of these watch companies that are jewelry companies more than watch companies. And they're based in either designs of watches or designs of jewelry and watches like the bracelet and so on, you know, integrated bracelets. And I'm trying to think of a couple more brands that you would know. Um, 
but of course I'm having problems thinking of them. So I'm going to go to my old standbys with the B. One would be Bulgari or Bulgari, and it's spelled B V U L B V L G A R I or B U L or V L. You know, they do the Roman numeral kind of U as a V. And they're very exclusive. And their watches are, I like the older ones from the 90s. The new ones I've seen, I don't think are so awesome at all. But I like their uh, their watches from the 90s. Movements were good. And they were more design-oriented. People would see them and say they know what that is. You know, oh, you've got a Bulgari. They could just look at it. You wear a paddock. You wear a Vacheron armor. They don't know what you're wearing unless they're really in the know and they look. But some of these other companies have such great designs that they stand out. Another one is Bertolucci. They're a jewelry company that makes watches, and their jewelry is very expensive. Or Harry Winston's another one. Their jewelry is very expensive, and so are their watches. They don't make everything in-house. They buy the movements. They make the cases, or they have them made for them, and then they add all kinds of jewels and whatever. Or they design them. Chamay's another one. Um, French, they go back to the 1700s. They're a very, very expensive jewelry company and they make some nice watches and their designs are really beautiful. I mean, that's something. Do you want it to look like a, a watch, not a big deal watch? Or do you want it to look like really something you look at and you go, wow, that just pops right off my wrist. It's so cool looking. A lot of the newer watches I've noticed are doing that in the dials and the movements. They're showing the gears of the watch, you can see everything, all kinds of different complications. It looks like something out of steampunk, and they're pretty cool looking, actually. Uh, I like those. Not bad. So I said Bertolucci. I said Bulgari. There's a couple other Bs, of course, I can't think of. Um, Chalmay's a good one. Concord's a good one. Ebel's a good one. Gublin, did I talk about? That's a jewelry store that actually makes their own watches now. And Tiffany is a jewelry store that makes their own watches. Tiffany, as I've said, really didn't do that much themselves. And when they did, it was more mid-priced, not super expensive, beautiful stuff. Um, there's, there's a lot of expensive jewelry stores that do that. Cartier, um, Black Forest and Stars, another one. What's the other? That's another B one I can't think of, of course. But those are kind of cool, those kind of watches. So let's go back to what we were talking about because I don't want to get hung up on this stuff. I want to keep going, keep moving along. So Ebel is a good brand. Um, the guy's name is Alain Et Bloom. Et Bloom. It started, it started in 1911. And good watch. <clears throat> Let's go to some of these watches I'm going to talk about are like schizophrenic. You can find the older ones pretty reasonable. The newer ones are extremely expensive. So I call that, it's kind of like schizophrenic. And one of those brands would be Eberhardt. You can buy their older watches. They were more known for chronographs, which are stopwatches on your wrist, than wristwatches. Their older stuff is reasonably priced. Their new stuff's expensive, really expensive. They've kind of kind of gone off the deep end as far as price goes um, another one that I was really shocked when I looked at their new stuff and saw how expensive it is was is Beauvais Beauvais in the old days was not that expensive they were chronographs they were nice 
they weren't like a fortune. And today, holy mackerel, 30, 40, $50,000 watches. Unbelievable. I know another watch I just thought of that's a jewelry type watch is DeWitt. DeWitt is one that's just over the top. Gerald Gent is another one. Over the top designs. Really, really cool. Really cool. Okay, here's a good one. We'll end the show on this one. Gerard Perigo. Very interesting company. They invented the quartz watch in the 60s. And they're one of these schizophrenic companies like the other ones. They You can look at their older material and buy it for a handful of hay. No big deal. And yet their new stuff, oh my gosh, really expensive. I mean, way out of whack. Regular watches from them, 4000 5000 10000 really expensive stuff. I mean, their stuff goes higher than that. So if you want to collect your pair of go, there's a, there's a midpoint in the 80s, 90s, when they started to get more expensive and they decided they were going to go for the upper echelon of uh, the wristwatch business, not the lower, because they were there on the mass market ones. I mean, you can buy old uh, GPs for 300, 400, 500 bucks. But the new ones, many thousands into tens and hundreds of thousands. They're right up there with Paddock and Vacheron and the others. But they're one of these schizophrenic companies where you, if you really want the name on your wrist, you can buy an older version of their watches and they're not that expensive. They're pretty reasonable. Now, the movements were not their movements in the old days. They used to buy movements from a company called A Shield, which was like Etta in the old days which was a okay movement. It wasn't, it wasn't terrible. It wasn't the greatest. It was like an Etta movement, but less I'd say than Etta is a better movement. And yet you get to the better GP stuff and it's their own proprietary movements and they're very expensive. I mean, very expensive. They make a watch called the Rich Richville that I really like. It's a Tano watch and they're chronographs and they go for even on the pre-owned market, three, $4,000. For what? It is, yes, it's a chronograph. I think it's a Lemania movement. One of them is Lemania. The other one is a Netta movement of Aljou. There's two of them that they made, a big one and a smaller one. They're just, I don't know where they get the money for these things. It's the name. It's a great watch. There's no question. It's not a bad watch at all, but is it worth that kind of money? No, not in my book, at least. So a while back, I was looking for a watch for myself and I had a budget and I was looking for something in to know because I like squares and to know and tanks to know is my new favorite. So I was looking for something really cool that was reasonable. And you had the Richvilles, which were expensive. There's a Ulysses Nardin, which we haven't even talked about them. They're one of my favorite brands called uh, the Michelangelo. And then I was looking at other brands to see what they had in to know. And the most famous of the to know or bad shaped is Frank Mueller. And they're not cheap either. All these watches, they start at about 2,500. And we're talking about pre-owned. We're not even talking about new. We're talking about pre-owned. So it's very hard to find uh, certain brands for reasonable money. So you got to be kind of cautious. I ended up finding a watch in my... I, Two different, two different times I bought, uh, I had budgets. One was a high budget, one was a low budget. And that's what I do. I sold watches and I got a budget together and I said, here's what I want to spend. <clears throat> so I ended up getting a watch called a Doobie and Sheldon brand, which I remember was a good brand. And they are, they're a very good brand. They're not super expensive, but they're not cheap. 
and they don't make their own movements, but what they do do, and I, I should take it back because the chronographs they may make, because they started in the 40s doing the split-second chronograph. That's how they got going. And their watches are beautiful designs, really cool-looking designs with the melting numbers, really wild. Um, I got one that was, let's see, it was new. It's supposed to be 14000 and it's a stainless steel case. My opinion is the real retail on it was about five or six. And I ended up getting it at a very good price, and I love it. I wear it a lot. I love, love, love it. But if you showed it to somebody, would they say, oh, a Doobie and Sheldon brand? I know that brand. No. They've never heard of it. But because it's got a long double name, they probably think, well, it's probably an expensive watch. It's got a wild name. It's a beautiful-looking watch. And, yes, they are. But they're an offbeat brand. And if you can find deals on offbeat brands, if you like it, my opinion is take it, enjoy it. You know, I my Doobie and Sheldon brand looks kind of like a Frank Mueller. Style's different, but the case and everything looks very similar. Same or better movement in the Doobie Sheldon brand than a Frank Mueller, believe it or not. And yet, the Doobie and Sheldon brand, I got it at a very reasonable price. And I kept looking at Mueller's too. And there's no Mueller's for men under 2500 again. That's like the magic number. And we're talking about pre-owned. We're not talking about new. So you got to watch where you spend your pennies. Unless you got tons of money and then who cares? Then you just buy whatever the hell you want. It doesn't matter and you get ripped and you pay full price and have a good time doing it. You know, you can. Okay, so that ends our talk for today, I think. Um, this is part two of episode 110. And I'm Lee Jackson. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you, thank you for listening. And if you want me to go cuckoo, let me know because I always love going cuckoo for you. So everybody have a good one. I will see you next time. America's finest watchman signing off. Yay! See you later.